Welcome back to the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into decoms. I'm Lizzie, a Vespa that matches my outfit. And I'm Hannah, and I'm still under a Kenny Ortega love spell that makes me love this movie no matter what. And this week, we'll be piggybacking off last week's episode and discussing Descendants 2. Our first sequel. Woohoo! I know. Um, we're bringing the people what they want because clearly you all loved last week's episode. Um, thank you so much for the great support. We had some nice comments that we'll get into in a minute. But yeah, you guys loved it. So we said, um, well, the stars aligned and said that we had to do Descendants 2 this week. So now it's just a series. You're welcome. And we will be finishing the series next week. Um, so next mm-hmm. week's episode is going to be the last movie in the Descendants trilogy, which is super exciting. We won't have a fun reveal at the end of this episode because we we already told you all. But it's fine. You'll be surprised the week after, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we'll, prob- we'll probably say something funny at the end of the podcast. We typically do. Yeah. So there you go. We try. Hannah did just mention that we got some wonderful comments and people, we had a great response to last week's episode and we were so thrilled. Uh, I had so much fun recording last week's episode. You may uh, be aware of that based on the fact that it was over an hour long. <laughs> this this episode probably won't be an hour long. Um, but who's but- to say? We never really know going into this. We have a, a rough outline and we obviously have notes, but yeah. yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we've already been chatting for half an hour before we yeah, even, before you know, we tuned you guys in. So, um, But we did get some really nice comments. So I did pick one that I wanted to shout out here. It made Hannah and I smile a lot from some dear, beloved uh, friends of mine who I did theater with in high school, who worked tech. Um, So I call them copy and paste. Um, They're twins. Their names are Killian and Fiona. But um, so copy messaged us on Instagram and said, I'm experiencing technical difficulties with the podcast app and I'm therefore prevented from leaving a review. In the interim, I shall send it directly to the source. So she started with five star emojis. So that's a five star review for us. Nice. Yes. She said, as a fan of the Descendants movie myself, who has played Evie and Mal and occasionally Audrey for tens of hours while Lizzie was learning how to be a teenager from the olden days. Context. We did Greece. So that's teenager from the olden days. I I was going to guess Oklahoma. No, we never did Oklahoma. Isn't that shocking? You didn't have a Thank full God. high school experience. <laughs> um, but she said, um, I can verify that this is, in fact, the podcast that the world has been waiting for. All other podcasts pale in comparison to the combined awesomeness of these people talking about these topics. Love, copy the auditorium gremlin. Honestly, so. that tops it all. Um, if If I've never heard a tagline quite like the podcast that the world has been waiting for. It's gone to my head a little bit. It might become our new tagline. Yeah. We might not. Ju- we actually may change the title of the podcast to the podcast the world has been waiting for. Mm-hmm. We're nothing but humble. So. No. There you go. But yeah. yeah never. Thank you so much for that lovely review. Copy and paste. Um, and thank you to everyone who shared the podcast with their friends and family. I know for a fact that we had quite a few people who listened to this most recent episode who hadn't listened to previous episodes. Um, Yeah. Yeah, which is so nice. Feel free to go back and listen to the other ones. And if you've already listened to them, feel free to re-listen. We're a delight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We also had some really great engagement on the Instagram this week. A lot of you um, were intrigued by our discussion of if Maleficent was the most evil Disney villain, as was talked about in the first movie. And you all had thoughts. Um, I took notes because I know that- I don't have it pulled up. I know that Instagram stories are only up for so long. So I went through and made sure to record them. Um, I would also like to point out that this particular topic of conversation did uh, transition from the internet to uh my dinner table and this was a full conversation that i had with my parents 
um, which mm-hmm. I will talk about at the end as well. Um, so I'm just going to list off some of the answers we got for mm-hmm. the most evil Disney villains. Some people provided context and explanations. Some people didn't. So, so we got Scar, the lion. Yeah. From, from the Lion mm-hmm. King, um, who my dad has decided is the most evil, like, animal or creature Disney villain. Scar did come to my mind at first when I was thinking about it because, like, he murdered his brother. Well, so there was that. And then my dad was like, also, he put himself in a position of power and then neglected the people he was in a, you know, supposed to be taking care of. So, there you go. Um, Maleficent. Um, And so the context for this was mildly offended and responded by ruining a tiny baby's life out of sheer spite. Fair. Fair. Mm -hmm. Um, the evil queen from Snow White. The hunter that killed Bambi's mom. <laughs> that was the answer of all answers. I was like, oh, wait, you're right. <laughs> Cruella DeVille. Um, yeah. For the killing of puppies. Uh, Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame, mm-hmm. which I thought was really interesting. Our mutual friend, Abigail, message yeah. us about this and says is because he could so easily be a real person he's not magical or anything he's just a racist misogynistic man with a ton of power yeah doesn't understand consent yep bad um ursula was one of the answers we got which was very interesting going into descendants this two, episode because ursula becomes a player within the world yeah this kind of descendants world and then my dad's (laughs) my dad spent a lot of time thinking about this um Mm -hmm. almost the length of an entire episode of jeopardy um so (laughs) and he did decide that the stepmom from cinderella he thinks is the most evil that's interesting to me because she's just a lady who treated a child horribly and yeah depending on what version of cinderella you're looking at it is highly implied that she murdered cinderella's dad oh yeah especially the um the one with lily james oh yeah right? and richard madden yeah Ooh, which is a great movie He's a fine-looking man. But the stepmother in that one is exceptionally evil. Is it Kate Blanchett? It is Kate Blanchett, which is incredible. I am in awe of Kate Blanchett. I don't think I would ever want to actually be in the same room as her. <laughs> be starstruck. It would it would freak me out. Like I would be starstruck in front of that whole cast. That movie has such a good cast. Like I'll be honest, I don't think I would enjoy meeting Kate Blanchett. I think I would be thinking about it so much that i would Mm -hmm. just be like oh this isn't not enjoyable we were talking about that my other like celebrity who the celeb i but i think if if someone was like hi would you kate blanchett's here do you want to say hi to her i don't think i would be able to say no however Mm -hmm. i absolutely do not want to meet julie andrews oh I get emotional just thinking about the prospect of it. Don't worry. You probably won't. No offense. No. And you know what? Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. I don't want her to have to deal with this. this. You don't want to have to worry about that. She's got too much. She's got too much going on. I don't want to add my. She's a queen. Yes. I always forget that she's the voice in Bridgerton. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about that because we were talking about Bridgerton. Delightful. Delightful. Um, but yes, so that was kind of some of the other answers we got for most evil. So no one has, there is no clear answer. However, if yeah. you ask the Beast in these Descendants movie, he is very clear that it is That it's Maleficent. Who is now a lizard. The interesting thing about this is that we never actually... Um, see any of the adult villains there yeah. was not a single adult villain present in this movie. in this movie it's all their kids and yeah we them. see we see ursula's tentacle at one point and, and we that's hear it. her voice and that's mm-hmm. all so mm-hmm. very interesting very interesting all right so 
just diving right into Descendants 2. It's just called Descendants 2. It doesn't have a separate title. Um, we are going to go into our 30-second summary. That's actually a minute. Um, <laughs> and this week, Hannah is going to be the one who gives us our... Oh, I'm a little nervous. Our, our little summary, and then I will hop into the official critics ratings and general kind of audience feelings so mm-hmm. let me pull up my timer okay. um ba, 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 ba. all right i'm gonna count you down three mm-hmm. two one go so this movie picks up uh just a few months after the last one left off mal is now ben's girlfriend and she's kind of struggling with dealing with pressure from the court and also the press and she's using magic to like make herself fit in and ben doesn't know um and then he finds out and gets really really mad at her like he thought that they were in this together and they have a fight about how you know this isn't the aisle and she's like i know and then she leaves for the aisle so we have a lot of aisle action in this movie she goes back some of the old vk's villain kids including Ursula's daughter, Uma, are pissed because they're like, you get to go and be a princess and we're stuck here. So Ben goes to get her. They kidnap Ben. Mal and her friends have to save him. She still doesn't want to go back, but she has to. And then they have to defeat Uma um, in a final battle. And I'm, I have four seconds left, but I can't really remember the last. There's a song at the end. There's a lot of songs. <laughs> there are a lot of songs. It is another musical. Thank you. Yeah. Um, thank goodness. Another thank Kenny goodness. Ortega musical. Kenny Ortega. I will say the last note I took, not that this is a spoiler, but says, oh, Kenny Ortega, you delight. <laughs> I love that man. Everyone go like Hannah's memes. Kenny Ortega memes. Thank that you. She, that I made positively yeah. slaved over. I made them at work. By the way, for all of you who've listened to our first episode, if you know, you know, the temp and unwanted job is gone (laughs) she had her last day she's free and so i'm just gonna read the disney plus thing here says okay when the pressure to be royal becomes too much for mal she returns to her rotten roots on the isle of the lost there she finds that her arch enemy uma daughter of ursula has taken her spot as self-proclaimed queen of the rundown town uma still resentful over not being selected to go to oridon with the other villain kids directs her pirate gang including captain hook's son harry and gaston's son gill to break the barrier between the isle of the lost and oridon unleashing all the villains imprisoned on the isle once and for all bum 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 that's a good summary it's a great that is what happens that is exactly what happens and i'm glad that it brought up um Two of the new good characters, which are Harry Hook and um, Gil Gaston's son, son, because they're they're a, they're a great addition to this film, and I forgot to mention them in my summary. I have so I think they might be who half of my notes are about. I'll be honest. Probably same to be honest. Oh man, well I it was yeah yes. Mm-hmm. So do you have a Rotten Tomatoes note? I do have a Rotten Tomatoes. So. What was the Rotten Tomato score for the first one? Do we remember? Like, like 90. It was really high. No, it was not. I think it was. was. Hold on. Let me pull up. Maybe I'm lying, but I'm pretty (laughs) sure it was really high. I know it was high, but I didn't think it was that high. No, the tomato meter critic score is 90%. The audience score was 67. Okay, very interesting. So the tomato meter for... The second one, the critics one, is 71%. Okay. Which is still good. And the audience score is 70%. Interesting. So audience liked this one a little more. Critics liked this critics one a little less. Critics liked it a little less. Which I, I can understand. Oh, I sure. can see. I don't necessarily yeah. agree, but... I'm not mad at it, though. No, I can understand where they're coming from. So yeah, so that's where we're at. Obviously, this one, like the other one we've already mentioned... Directed by Sir Kenny Ortega. He is not knighted. We don't knight people in America. But if we could. But we should. It would be him. So we have some new villain characters. Because like we said. Part of this plot is that Mal goes back to the aisle. And then runs into these kids that kind of resent her. The main villain of this film is Uma. Who's Ursula's daughter. And she gets a great musical number that we'll talk about later. 
Um, and then she has kind of her – she has a gang, but she – a pirate gang, actually, which is great. But she has two main sidekicks. Oh, and Uma is played by Miss China Anne McLean of Ant Farm fame. Yes. And Calling All the Monsters fame. Excellent. Um, yeah. But to get back on track, she has two kind of main sidekicks, henchmen, if you will, that are Harry Hook, um, son of Captain Hook, played by Thomas Doherty. And Gil, the son of Gaston, who's played by someone whose name I don't so, know. So, I looked this up because when Gil, Gaston's son, mm-hmm. came on screen, I just mm-hmm. about lost my mind. So, Gil okay. is played by Dylan Playfair, who mm-hmm. is a Canadian actor, who was okay. on Letterkenny. For anyone who may be familiar with that TV show one of the funniest tv shows i've ever seen in my entire life and he plays a super like a kind of really stupid uh kind of sleazy and obnoxious hockey player um which is not at all what he is in this movie well okay to be fair his character is like clearly like the dumb one the comic really yeah he plays riley on letterkenny that's what i meant to say but he's like he's like a golden retriever in this movie Yes, yes. I also mm-hmm. think it's hilarious. He's Gaston's son. Mm-hmm. Gaston, obviously the villain of Belle and the Beast. Oh, so he has some fun, like, with Ben. Yes. He's like, tell your dad that my dad said that he wished he finished off your dad when he had the chance. And also yeah. tell your mom hi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was hilarious. Um, hey, tell your mom from my dad that my dad says hi. <laughs> Yeah, and also that he wishes your dad was dead. Yes. Um, And he goes, yes, he goes, you know me, my dad, his neck is thick. Yes. He's quick, he's swift. (laughs) It was super funny. It was, yeah, it was awesome. It made me, it made me laugh so hard. Um, I didn't really have anything else to talk about in terms of cast and crew, did you? No, I don't really think so. I mean, mostly it's the same as last time. It's the same original gang. Um, we don't have any of the parents from the first movie, which I'm not mad about because they didn't really add that much to the first movie, except for maybe Kristen Chenoweth, and clearly now she's a lizard. Um, yes, she is a lizard, and that is that was the funny thing that was brought up a couple of times. There's part yeah, where like Mel, she's just they keep her in a box. Mel is getting ready to yeah. Oh my gosh! So she's in a, like a little glass lizard habitat. With a fridge yeah. in there that has magnets on it that say revenge. Yeah. Hilarious. But also He's when, still fully like conscious. When Mal is like getting ready to like run away and run back to the aisle, she takes like a little cardboard box and just like super aggressively stabs holes in the lid <laughs> and then like breathing puts, holes. Puts her mom, <laughs> the lizard, in it. Yeah. It really Yeah. It really tickled me. It really tickled me. Um, we do not have. Oh, a I thought of budget information. Oh, sorry. On this, but I was gonna say I just thought of one more person to talk about. Kind of, um, someone that isn't in this movie. Also, that was in the first movie is Audrey, the the daughter of Sleeping Beauty and yeah. Ben's ex girlfriend. Which I also was not mad about. I didn't love her in the first movie. I thought. I mean, her character was annoying, and I like. Wrote, I'm low-key, high-key glad she's not here. They mention her a lot of times. Yeah. But she's not on screen. They certainly do. Um, and also, someone who we didn't talk about in uh, the first episode particularly, but who has a much bigger role in this one, um, is Mulan's daughter, Lonnie. Yes, and she was by, great. Who's played by Diane Doan. I will say you may feel free to disagree with me on this. I thought overall the acting in this was a lot better. Oh, yes. Yeah, this one, like, the acting, it all felt natural. Like, I write so many times in my notes how, like, great their banter was together. Yeah. It, they felt very much like like 17-year-olds or so, 16. I don't know how old they're supposed to be. Yes. So Diane Doan has been – she was in the Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. TV show. She was also in um, the show Vikings, 
which oh. I really like, and it was really big. She was also a dancer in a Big Time Rush movie. Oh my god. Big Time Rush, obviously not Disney, but delightful nonetheless. She was also in Once Upon a Time, which is so interesting. I feel like there have been so many people in these movies who've also been in Once Upon a Time. Maybe They say we love our fairy tale media. Yeah. Or maybe it's just because Once Upon a Time went on for so long and had so many freaking characters that they just cast pretty much everyone in Hollywood. True. Like, freaking Sebastian Stan was on Once Upon a Time. <laughs> oh my god. I've only ever seen a few episodes of it, but I know, like, how what, how much of a circus it was. I would rather never go back to that point in... The- so, it will not be in this week's recommendations. It will not be in this week's recommendations. <laughs> Sorry to ABC. I think it was an ABC show. Anyway, doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's all I really had to say in terms of cast and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was going to say, we're going to kind of get into a little bit more of our subjective history. We've been transitioning. But um, we talked about how, Lizzie, this was your first time watching this as well. And you kind of gave us a little bit of your first impression. But is there anything else you'd like to add about watching this movie for the first time? So I just watched it this morning. Um, mm-hmm. we normally record on Sundays. We're recording this on Saturday because I have family coming in tomorrow. But I really enjoyed this. Um, I told Hannah as soon as we logged on, I was like, I just want to let you know, I'm probably going to have less to say about this movie. But that's not necessarily because I liked it less. Um, but I do think the initial surprise of how much I enjoyed the first one really fueled some of my enthusiasm <laughs> last week. Yeah. Um, but now that I'm, like, a little more familiar with what this franchise is supposed to be, I'm, you know, I've calmed down a little. I've calmed down Mm -hmm. a little. But I did really enjoy it. And we'll talk about how much and which parts in a bit. Yeah. I watched this movie for the first time actually probably very soon after it came out. Um, because I remember hearing about Descendants 1 when it came out, but I didn't watch it because we were, like... 14 or 15 and I was like too cool for this but then by the time this movie came out we were like maybe in college maybe it came and out I was kind of like oh so yeah like either we had just graduated maybe yeah I'm gonna look up the date that it came up that it came out yeah and I remember being like oh it's a sequel people are talking about it maybe I should watch the first one and then this one it and then I did and I enjoyed it it premiered July 21st, 2017. So that was truly like a month after we graduated. After graduation, school. yeah. So. And this movie, yeah, I remember, I think I watched it even with my sister, who she and I don't do very much together. Um, unlike Lizzie and Maggie, my sister is almost 21. So <laughs> we, you know, kind of do our own things. Um, but I think we did watch this together and she really enjoys this movie as well. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah. It's one of the only things we have in common. (laughs) (laughs) Except for all I have a video of her dancing to one of the songs, but I won't post it because she would kill me. So I will say, um, I went into this with high expectations because Hannah Hannah watched this a couple days before I did um, Mm -hmm. and told me that one of the songs in this movie is, in her opinion the best song in the entire franchise. She did Mm -hmm. not tell me which one, though. So I will be interested to figure out which one it is later. I don't know. Yeah, you can guess. I don't think I know. Because there were a couple that I was like, "Mm, maybe it's this one. But then there were- There are- I texted you that when I was at the one, and then there was another one that I was like, oh, wait, I do love this one, too. So if you guess one of- Were they very different in tone? Yeah, well, kind of. Right. If you guess one of the two, I, I'll be impressed. Yeah. Um, why don't we, since I talked about my sister, we can talk about your sister. Yeah, because like I said, my 21-year-old sister enjoys this movie, but Lizzie's 12-year-old sister does too. Lizzie, do you want to take us into some thoughts from an actual child? I sure do. So, podcast audience, let me set the scene for you. So, Maggie and I have been taking our watching of these movies very seriously. Um, and we didn't want to do it like 
starting it at one point and then having to finish it, you know, a day later or something. If we want to watch it, we're going to watch the whole thing. So this morning I woke my sister up because we made a plan and we said we will be, I had to go get my, I had an appointment today to get my new tires Mm -hmm. on my car for context. And I said, all right, uh, we will be starting this movie movie at 830 this morning. So we sat downstairs God. with um, some chocolate chip biscuits that my mom made and two large mugs of hot chocolate. And we watched this movie. And you know what? It was a good day. To, it was a good way to start the day. Got my brain flowing, but didn't get my brain flowing too much. <laughs> I didn't have to think too hard about the plot, but I had to think about things I thought were important for this podcast. So that was good. Maggie did give me her thoughts from an actual child and here they are let's hear it the music is hilariously good as well as the choreography also dizzy is adorable and deserves the world finally henry and ben's entire interaction is just are we flirting or are we fighting (laughs) and i have to say she's completely right She's fully right. For context, Dizzy is a new character that we get introduced to. She's a younger character, and she's a villain's... She's both a villain's daughter and a villain's granddaughter. Because she Mm -hmm. is Drizella, one of the evil stepsister's daughters. Daughters. And And so she's the granddaughter of the evil stepmother. Which I think technically means she's Chad Charming's cousin. Yeah, I actually was just thinking about that. I was trying to think if she and Chad interact, but they don't, not in this movie. Um, she's But she was a delight. She was such a mm-hmm. good part of this. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she's a strong child actor. I mean, she's a kid. She yes. was probably like 12 or 13. She was um, the little sister from To All the Boys I've Loved Before, if you've seen that, but not this. Yeah, and it was, yeah. I really enjoyed her little plot line, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. So I am going to start with some of our own hot takes. And I'm going to start off with a little bit of a music discussion because the very Go first the very first note I have is this opening musical number I enjoyed way better than the one from the first movie. Yes. The one from the first movie like isn't super strong in my opinion. This one packs a punch. So the first one was the song Rotten to the Core. Mm-hmm. This one here in this movie is called Ways to be Wicked. Mm-hmm. And it is one of Mal's it Mal is having like a daydream like about being wicked versus about being, being like evil. a like a yeah, versus like um, you know how she's feeling pressured to be like perfect and a yes. princess and not not who she is. So yes. she's daydreaming about turning everyone evil, and then she wakes up from it. And I quite enjoyed it. Overall, I have said in my opinion that songs in this one are even better than the first one. Sure. Um, I don't know if you agree. I love. Uh, they do reference. Uh, what's it called rotten to the core a few times like just kind of in the background which is fun like whenever they go to the aisle which i liked mm-hmm. i'm curious if you want to guess which song was my that i was talking to about was my favorite before i go into my discussion so i have a couple ones that i think it could be there's two that if you guess one of either of them i'll give you the point was one of them the bestie duet space between Oh no. But oh. I do have notes on that. Here, see so okay. here's the thing with me and I and it's not amazing. I love music that I can dance to. Cuz oh, you know, sure. that's me. So like, well I can appreciate a ballad. I don't love a ballad. I don't stan it. Although I have heard on the internet that the Bestie duet, it's called um The Space Between that it's been, like, perceived as a lesbian anthem and they had to turn off the comments on YouTube because too many people were commenting that and Disney got mad. Because <laughs> um, it's just Mel and Evie singing about how much they love each other. Yeah, don't... 
And not like sisters, really. No. But you know what? Whatever. I'll give you a second chance to guess. Was it chilling so. like a villain? That was the one I texted you about. Okay. I, that <laughs> musical number, I loved. So the context for this is Mal runs away, goes back to the island after it is discovered that she's been using magic to help her with all of her new, essentially queenly duties. She is essentially yes. being, like, trained. She's the she's the king consort. Yes. So they talk about there is a cotillion that's happening. And this is basically going to be an announcement of the fact that she is, like, pre-engaged to mm-hmm. Ben, who is now the king. Mm-hmm. At 16. At, there may be juniors in high school at this point. Maybe. Mm-hmm. She goes back to the aisle in a huff. She is, feels like she is not cut out for it. She thinks, you know, I am just meant to be evil, whatever. I want to feel like myself. I don't, she has dyed her hair mostly blonde with just like purple, mm-hmm. purple tips. And she's like, I don't feel like myself. But I just wrote quickly in my notes that in the beginning of the movie, when she has this blonde hair, like she just looks like Dove Cameron. She doesn't look like Mal. And then they fully roast her for it. Yeah. They roast her. They're like, ooh, you're washed out hair. It looks terrible on you. I'm like, that's how Duff Cameron looks in her everyday life. They're like, (laughs) Drizzy, the little girl, or Dizzy, the little girl, says something. She's like, "Uh, I can't see where your hair starts and your face begins. Yeah. And I'm like, this is just Duff Cameron. Like, tone it down. But also, you have a point. (laughs) Yeah. But so this chilling like a villain. Who's to say if it's better than the purple? Yes, this chillin' like a villain song happens when Evie finds out that Mal has gone back to the island. She, she's panicking. She's gonna lose her job. I'm panicking. Um, I'm gonna lose my I'm job. Gonna lose my job. Okay, so she is upset and anxious, and she goes into Ben's office and is like, "Um, Mal is gone." And he's like, "We have to go get her back." She's like, "You can't go to the aisle." Like. They don't, they hate you there. You're going to get your shit rocked. (laughs) So he's like, I'm going to go. And she's like, you have to take me with you then. Because you're not going to know how to do this. She's like, and we'll bring the boys because there's safety in numbers. I would just like to say that part. She explicitly says, we're going to bring them because there's safety in numbers. I loved, that made me happy because I love when a script is very explicit with the reasoning behind a plan. Because I kind of dislike it when people are like, we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this. I'm like, okay, but why? Why, why? Is that, why is that the direction you've decided to go? And she's like, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Yeah. And we get and there. She says, and, we, and she gives him a beanie, and she's like, none of us are popular right now. Like, we need to cover our faces. Yeah. They give him a bad boy makeover. They do a pretty bad job of it. They do put his dad's face on his clothing. Like, the Beast yeah. logo. He's basically just wearing blue leather instead of blue tweed. Yes, essentially. Um, and then they sing this song to teach him how to have a more, like, bad boy, like, mm-hmm. I do not care attitude. And it's called Chill Like in. Villain. And it's, it's a, great. It's a very good song. And also, I love a rhyme. I love a rhyme. Yeah. And it made me chuckle. There's great choreography in it, but also I did write down that this time they played into the fact that they know Mitchell Hope, who plays Ben, can't dance. Yes. Because in the first one, it was a little painful, the first movie, but in this one, like, the whole point of the song is that, like, he doesn't know what's going on. Yes. So his bed dancing is, like, purposeful. Between each other. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. But then he, like, learns the ropes and starts pickpocketing them, and it's great. Yes, I did. I liked all the music. Um, there is part where there is like an instrumental cover of Kiss the Girl happening. Um, oh, yeah. And that made me, I liked that. There was a little Easter egg um, because Uma, Ursula's daughter, essentially tricks her way into Oregon and makes, mm-hmm. in much the way that Ursula makes Prince Eric think that he's in love with her, makes Ben thinks that he's in love with Uma. So that's I, since you've brought up Uma, um, I'd like to bring up a couple other songs that she's featured in because we know China Ann McLean is a great singer. Um, you know, we've all heard her sing Dynamite and Calling All the Monsters, but not all of you have probably heard her sing one, What's My Name, which is like her intro villain song, which 
it's a good song. It's not my favorite in the film, but I wrote that there's a lot of hashtag dirty dancing in this. Did you see them, like, grinding? They were doing the grind on me challenge. Okay, Hannah, I just have to say, first of all, apologies to young ears that may be listening to this. Yeah. Um, there was too much tension. So much sexual tension. And it's because they're pirates. I <laughs> Yeah. The pirates are so sexy. Disney does not know how to do pirates who are not like They're all overtly. sleeveless. They're yes. Um, first of all, Thomas Doherty, who plays Harry Hook, like is a fairly mm-hmm. attractive person wearing a ton of eyeliner, by the way. Mm-hmm. They yeah. really went with it. But he I told Hannah, I think he was like trying to be scary. Obviously, he's Captain Hook's. He's the one who expresses the most explicit desire to like actually do violence yeah to like, kill people however it did kind of just look like he wanted to make out with everyone everyone on screen on screen and so when maggie said harry and ben's entire interaction is just are we flirting or are we fighting yeah he like tickled his chin with his hook yes and then I later think- it's vice versa <laughs> yeah no but yeah there's like some like dirty dancing in what's my name but also the other pirate song which is the other one i love that if you had guessed this is um it's going down and it's like the battle between the main four plus some friends and the pirates and that that song is great yeah i don't know if lizzie agrees i do agree but there's i think it's great i love that whole scene Mm-hmm. I love that whole scene. I did like the choreo in here. I will say there were a couple parts where I was like, I think Kenny Ortega took that choreography directly out of High School Musical. But you know what? That's all right. That's <laughs> yeah, maybe prerogative. Um, there's some but, good um, like callbacks. There's some yo hos, yo ho. Yes, it's a Pirates Life for Me vibes. Yes, it definitely um, feels high stakes. Yes. Okay. So earlier in the movie. So last week we talked about Tourney, which is essentially lacrosse plus mm-hmm. violence and shields. Yeah. Very fun. No, I was reading something about how someone said it's actually similar to hurling, which is the national sport of Ireland. Oh, yeah. And then that they pretended they made it up. <laughs> that totally makes sense. But yeah. Now that you've said that, yeah, that totally makes sense. So there is another sport happening in this mm-hmm. season. In this movie. Yeah. Which is fencing. It's fencing. It's fencing, but it's very, like, full body, like, acrobatic yeah. fencing. And it's, like, team fencing. Like, they all fence at once. That is not how fencing works. However. No. I have. So, I fenced for a few years, and it was very fun, and I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that we would do, like, to practice, is we would do tournaments where it was essentially, like, last man standing. Um and we would run all over the place and, like, jump on bleachers and stuff. So that was very okay. fun. Good to know that it's accurate. Good to know that, yeah. Well, I think if you give a bunch of, like, teenagers swords, like, it's going to happen regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, especially theater kids. Yeah. Everyone loves and to use their yeah. half an hour of fight choreo training that they got at a one-act festival. I, um, so. <laughs> I did write that I was, I, like, missed Turney a little bit in this movie, but, like, the fencing, like, wasn't bad. Like, I was, like, maybe Turney's too high budget. We can't do that in this movie. But also, it was fun because Jay is the captain of the team, so we got to see, like, some more of Jay, more of his characters yes. and his leadership. And there's a great scene where he is, like, kicking everyone's butt, like, he's scoring on everyone in fencing, so they're all getting eliminated, and it's him he takes off his fencing mask, so he's got, you know, his his grand luscious hair. hair blowing in the air conditioning. Um, and he's fighting this one more person on the team who we don't know who it is. And it's the person is wearing a mask still, so you can't tell. And I was like, oh, I have a feeling I know where this is going. And then the mask gets removed, and it's Lonnie, Mulan's daughter. Mm-hmm. An incredible callback. Definitely, you know, she's her mom's daughter. She mm-hmm. is, like, better than all of them. And yeah, and everyone cheers. And then yes. the some of the boys on the team are...
and are like, well, she can't join because it's a men's team. It's and the handbook says it's for men. Chad yeah, Charming it's just Chad. Pulls out the rule book and is like, a team consists of a captain and eight men. That's what a team consists mm-hmm. of. So fast forward, when they go to the Isle of the Lost, Lonnie joins them on their second road back. On their second trip back. Because she's an excellent she's swordsman. An excellent. Swordswoman. Swords person. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> then afterwards, she so obviously like very much proves herself. What's his name? Jay um, is like, all right, well, I've figured out a way around. And because the rules say it's a captain and eight men. So he says, everyone, welcome your new captain. And, he and Lonnie's the captain. Lonnie the captain because captain is not a gendered term. <laughs> and then she makes them all do push-ups. And she steps on Chad Charming's back. And I wrote this down because it made me laugh so hard. And she just says, pick it up, Chad. <laughs> pick it up. And it made me laugh. It made me laugh. It was That's a very so fun, fun time. Yeah, there were some really great moments with some characters in this movie that we didn't get as much of last time. Like last time it was just kind of very much Mal's story with Ben and it still kind of is but like we got more of Jay and Lonnie we got more of Carlos and Jane okay so I would like to say this so this is a brief little segment I would like to call better couples than the main couple ship it or rip it (laughs) and the answer is solely ship it because yeah we find out at the beginning first of all Evie and Doug, Dopey's son, are still I was gonna in get a to committed them. and loving relationship. And he mm-hmm. is helping her with her own small business because she is making dresses for all these girls. Um, she's a girl boss. She is a girl boss. And I don't mean that in a derogatory fashion. Um, no. And he is very supportive of her. And he's like, yeah, you do your thing. I'll help you deliver the dresses. And he helps her with all of the accounting of it. Yeah, he does all the math. And he says, um, yeah. Yeah, he's like, wow, by the time we graduate, like, you'll probably have enough to buy that castle you wanted. And she's like, and I won't need a prince to do it. And then they hold hands because he's not a prince. He's in the band. I don't know what his title officially is. He's just Dopey's son. But yeah the other couple we find out because people are asking each other to cotillion to this ball and carlos is like uh hey like if you he asks jay he's like if you wanted to ask a girl to cotillion how would you go about it and jay's like well first of all i would start off by looking like me um which was hilarious (laughs) yeah oh man because the conversation starts by, like, all the girls are like, hi, Jay, hi, Jay. And Carlos is like, why don't you just, like, ask one of them already? Like, stop teasing them. And he's like, this way I can dance with all of them. Yeah. Jay is such a ladies' man. Yeah. Well, it's just the hair. It is. Maybe it's they all watch Twilight. Maybe that's Probably. what it was. Um, and Carlos is like, he's nervous because he very clearly wants to, you know, ask someone and we get about mm, four seconds of suspense of who is it that he wants to ask before he physically runs into jane the fairy godmother's daughter and Mm -hmm. heart eyes he is so stuttering it was adorable that's so nervous so happy i wrote all caps i squealed it was so cute. Their little love story. He tries like four different times to like mm-hmm. ask her to the dance. He gets Mal to make a truth serum for him in the form of like a so gummy bear. So he can bear. tell her the truth. So he can tell her the truth about how he feels. And then the school's mascot, the dog, whose name is Dude. Dude. Eats the truth gummy. And and he can talk. He gains the ability of speech. Finally. And I wrote in my notes, I wrote in my notes, the talking dog budget. Maybe this is why we can't have Turney this movie. Maybe this is why we can't have Kristen Chenoweth. This is why Yeah, Kristen because Chenoweth the budget went to the, the, the money went to animating the dog's mouth. And you know what? Money well spent. Yeah. Oh my God. Dude saves the day a couple of times. Yes. So dude saves the day 
he stows away in the limo. So, okay. I'm just going to give a little bit of a plot here. So, when they all go to the island to get Mal back, Ben wanders away and gets kidnapped by the pirate gang led by Ursula Zar. Mal goes to confront Uma. They strike up a deal here. So, first of all, they decide this via an arm wrestle. Mm-hmm. So, in the first one, we had supervillain staring contest. Now we have villain kid arm wrestle. Yeah. So, I think we should just learn about some open communication, but that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, Mal gets distracted and loses, and Uma is like, okay, fine. I'll give you him back, but you have to bring me the freaking fairy godmother's wand again. This is the issue. And they're like, <gasps> I'm like, God, someone just get rid of that friggin' wand. But then there probably wouldn't be a third movie, so we'll see about that. Um, so they get, nope, what are their names? Carlos and Jay to go back to the island and make a fake wand. They come back, and in order to prove that the wand is quote-unquote real, they point it at the dog, and their Mal cast a fake spell about the dog talking. And then he talks and saves the day, and they're able to escape. So the dog was great. Oh, I did have a question. Uh, so we've been talking about some yeah. of these ships that are better than the main ship. Um who was your favorite ship from this movie? Because we clearly we have Jane and Carlos, we have Evie and Doug. I think they're vaguely hinting at Jay and Lonnie, although they might just be like the two odd ones out. Um, Harry Hook and whoever he's on screen with. Well, who's your fave? I'm inclined to say Harry Hook and everyone he's on screen with, but if we're going <laughs> yeah. with canon ships, it's got to be Jane yeah. and Carlos. Oh, see, for me, I think it's Evie and Doug. I just love Janie Carr. It was so wholesome. And I think the part that was so nice, he finally asks her because he Mm -hmm. gives Mal some words of wisdom. It's like, if Ben doesn't love you the way you are in your like part person from the aisle way, like he's not the right person for you. And then he takes that to heart. He's like, oh. Well, hmm. the dog tells him, actually. The dog is like, hmm, why don't yeah. you take your own advice? And he's like, oh. And he has to ask her, like, three different times before she gets that he's, like, asking her on a date. And then yeah. they're, her saying yes is so cute because she's so excited. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, my God, because you're so cute and nice and I like you so much. And he's like, oh, my God, I like yeah. you so much. And it was just Yeah, it was cute. very cute. And then they show up um, at the ball and... The fairy godmother, Jane has been, like, planning this entire event. The fairy godmother asks her to do something else. She's like, Mom, I have a date. She's like, you have a date? That's so exciting. Who is it? And then... Yeah, she's like, Carlos, do you have, have a, date? a date? And he's like, um, yes, I do. She's like, oh, yes. so exciting. And then they, like, start holding hands. And she, the fairy godmother looks between them. And she's like, oh, my gosh. It was so... She goes, like, bippity boppity. Yeah. It was so <sighs> cute. It was... Here's the thing. There was no angst there anywhere. There was no, no. it was just cute. And that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. It was also yeah. like nine in the morning. So <laughs> that's what They I were needed. very cute. Um, I'm glad that you brought up the part where Carlos told Mal, like, you know, if Ben doesn't love all of you, then he's not the one for you. Because there was this great moment. Really, the friendship of this main four, like, was one of the best parts of this movie for me. Because they're having this conversation. And first of all, it's like Mal and Evie having the conversation. And Carlos is like, hey, you always leave us out. And I'm like, true. You guys have been putting the men on the back burner. Bring them in. And then... You know, they have this whole conversation about how she's stressed and Carlos tells her, you know, he'll love you. And then they're like, okay, she'll go to Cotillion even though she thinks Ben doesn't love her. And then Jay stays behind and they have this great moment between Jay and Mal where he says, hey, like, come to Cotillion tonight. If you hate it, tomorrow morning I'll personally drive you back to the aisle and you never have to come back. And it was so sweet. That like, is such showing good friend up for moments. your friends. It was it was, it was so such good. good friendship. Yeah, I love that. There were some really incredible friend moments there. And especially, well, that was the other, like, when they were talking about it, 
about her like being unsure about whether or not she wanted to be there evie mm-hmm. like tells her because she's been creating this dress for mal that is very much like proper princessy like yellow and blue like beast and bells colors like that whole thing and she tells her she's like i'm gonna go make some changes to your dress so it feels more like you Mm -hmm. if you decide that you want to go great if you decide that you don't want to go that's fine also whatever you need to do and whatever like you need to do for your own heart you do that i was like oh I love this. This is like a great Disney Channel teaching children things. Like, yeah. About not feeling yeah, was- obligated to do things just because. It was so wholesome. It was, it was awesome. just all so wholesome. It was great. And also, there was another great part where so when Ben is kidnapped by Uma, who's obviously Ursula's daughter. He's tied up, and they have, like, a very in-depth conversation about the fact that she's, like, the day that you picked those other four villains kids to get off this island and to have, like, a second chance is the angriest I've ever been. And Mm -hmm. he's, like, I never thought about what it would feel like for the people that I didn't pick. And he's, like, yeah. And it was supposed to be, like, once those four got acclimated- more of them were going to come over and then he like dropped the ball because he's 16 years old and expected to run a country. Yeah. And that's when that And he says something Yeah, he says something like a little bit later when they're leaving and he's like, well, like, she's like they kidnapped you. And he's like, yeah, well, like at least I got to see the aisle. Like, they're my people too. Yeah. You know, he'd never been because they don't go back and forth. Right. And so that, yeah. It was good. There's some like some deep moments i liked Mm -hmm. it and then of course we find out afterwards as they're having this conversation uma has her mom's shell necklace ursula's shell necklace and uses the magic in it to make ben think that he's in love with her and then mal so basically throughout this entire thing he has been planning the surprise for mal which is a stained glass window a la the stained glass window of bell and the beast from beauty and the beast Mm -hmm. And he, I was going to say, do you want to jump in just to talking about the climax of the movie? Because I have a lot of thoughts about Cotillion. I do. I do. So Okay. But he goes out of his way to make sure it's Mal, like, as he sees her, which is, like, in the full purple with the purple hair, the bright green, the green eyes. dragon eyes. And as she is walking away, and she's heartbroken because she thinks that Ben has chosen Uma over her it gets unveiled because Jane saves the freaking day and goes mm-hmm. to the footman and she's like, unveil his gift to Mal immediately. And they do. Yeah. Because she had her scary mom voice on. Um, mm-hmm. And they do. And Mal is looking at it. She's like, oh my God. Like he does love me for he me. Totally, he actually gets who I am. Like, and then she and goes then- up and kisses him. And it's their ki- their first kiss that we see. It's true love's because, kiss. Because it's a decom and they're not allowed to kiss until the second movie. Yeah, and then it breaks the smell. Yes. I would also like to say, there's a second kiss later. That is a lot. It's intense. I was like, oh my god. <laughs> Please calm down. And even to the point where one of the characters, like, Taps him on the shoulders, like, all right, okay. That's yeah, Car- I think it's Carlos is like, he's yeah, like, easy, that's come on. Rough. That's fine. Um, Your parents are here. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so funny. Um, I have a lot of thoughts about the cotillion Hit me with like, it. prom scene. I want to know them. I was going to say, first, of, my first thought is, one, it's on a yacht. Um, Just rich kid things, I'm I was thinking, is it supposed to be reminiscent of the ship that Ariel and Prince Eric get married on? Maybe, I don't know, but it was just fully on a yacht. And I was like, maybe that's what kids at rich preppy boarding schools do. I wouldn't, I can't relate. One, you touched on this briefly, but like, first of all, when Uma shows up, no one does anything. Like, they all just like stand there and are shocked and accept it. 
Yeah. And, like, Mal is heartbroken, but everyone just stands there versus, like, I don't know. They're and then finally, shock. like you said, Jane Jane is like, um, hello, like, let's break this spell. This is a little bit about Cotillion, a little bit about costumes, which we haven't talked about that much. They kind of did the guys really dirty with their formal wear. The girls yeah, all had beautiful did. dresses, and the guys, like, they had been in moto pants, leather moto pants, and they had, and he's the king. And Carlos was in shorts. Well, I think the moto pants was intentional because it was supposed to show, like, there was a combination of, yeah. like, whatever. I don't know. Um, they're also never not wearing their leather half gloves because, of course. Oh, my God. Yeah. That that meme will be on the Instagram this week. <laughs> Great. Perfect. Um, but then there is, there's a, a finale song as well on the boat. There's some fun water choreography, waterography. So I have yeah. something to say about that. So I don't know if you're familiar yeah. with the Step Up movies. Yes. So I oh, love, I love, I love Step Up Revolution is my favorite. So Step Up loves a dance in the rain moment, but like a super aggressive, like kind of like hip hop dance situation. Mm-hmm. But it's always in, like, you know, a couple inches of water. This seemed Mm -hmm. an excessive amount of water. People slip multiple times. Like, there are people who mess up choreography and slip, and it's still in the movie at least twice. This number, though, it did really show off all the guys' great dancing skills. Because, like, we kind of talked about last episode how, like, Cameron Boyce is such a great dancer. um, Boo Boo Stewart's a good dancer. Um, I can't think of his name off the top of my head. I said it last time, but the guy who plays Doug is an amazing dancer in real life. And, like, they really got to show them off this time. Yes, I thought... And they they finally let... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I thought they were great. I thought the guys' choreo was great. And, frankly, I think the guys in this are a lot stronger dancers than most of the women. I also said they finally let Boo Boo Stewart actually sing in this finale song versus just, like, chanting in every other song i will say um in the what is the fight scene song called again uh it's going down um they did have dove cameron do like some sort of pseudo rapping kind of spoken word situation it was slam poetry um and i think they could have done without that i think they could have just made that dialogue (laughs) Yeah, they could have. Um, it didn't have to rhyme and be in rhythm. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Um, in the "What's My Name" song, is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that was another moment of suggestive choreo because some of the pirate boys were like full, like magic miking it, like. Yeah, they, like I said, grind on me challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can't complain. But yeah, this was a Disney Channel original movie. Yes, I totally agree. Um, but one of the things I wrote down was the trope is it's a good guy and the bad girl, which isn't, I feel like, as common as bad boy, good girl. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Oh, I will say, though, so obviously, like, they address this about the fact that Mal and Ben's relationship at the beginning is, like, not good. Like, they're not communicating well. So there's part where he gets really mad at her. Like, she's supposed to have done, like, she, they're doing this picnic situation. And she, like, was supposed to have cooked, like, this picnic. A full course meal for him. Yes. And she forgets. She forgets. They have, like, had this planned. It was, like, her idea. Um, He buys her a purple Vespa, I would like to say. That was very exciting. Yes. I did mention I knew that Lizzie would love that. Oh, man. It made me so happy. Also, she runs away on the Vespa later. So that's important. Yeah, she just um, charms it. She again says, in like every movie, she says, let's blow this popsicle stand. Yeah, that's that's too much. Um, so, but the way that they were arguing, I don't know if it's the tone of Mitchell Hope's voice or what it is. He was giving mm-hmm. me very much Dean from Gilmore Girls. Yeah. Oh my god, you're so right. And I hated it. Very much like 
I'm the good guy and I know what's better for you. And and like, sure, in that instance, maybe he was a little bit right because she had been dishonest. But the mm-hmm. way that he was going about it made me so angry. And I was like, yeah, he said something along the lines of like, this isn't the aisle now. And she's like, believe me, I know I'm that. Aware. Like, I'm out of place here. I'm the I'm struggling. Yes. And I've been trying to not I've been trying to put up a facade that I'm not struggling. Yeah. And then she goes and has has her bad girl makeover again and gets her purplish pink hair back and gets um, her nails painted black. Gets bangs and and, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, some very severe Zoe Deschanel bangs. Um yeah. but I will say a great moment of humor throughout all of this is that Chad Charming gets turned into slightly less of a villain, just more of an idiot. Um, yes. And he is, like, sneaking into Jay and Carlos's room to use their 3D printer <laughs> because their 3D printer is better mm-hmm. than his. First of all, the fa- the idea of him being able to use 3D printer is hilarious to me. Um, but he, like, goes in to print himself a crown. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then an action figure of himself. Hilarious. And then Hilarious. also he keeps 3D printing more keys into Carlos and Jay's room so because every time they catch him, they take the key back, so he keeps printing more. It's so funny. He was funny. Um, uh, yeah, th- this was a funny movie. I mean, even though, like, at the beginning when Ben and Mal, like, there was a little bit of, like, tension, like, she was clearly lying, there was, like, some fun banter. It felt like real, like, teenager talk. Oh, my God. I forgot something that we fully didn't mention. What? In this movie, in the climax, at Cotillion, when Uma shows up and then there's a showdown and Uma becomes, like, an octopus, Mal turns into a dragon, like her mother in the last movie. turns into a dragon. Turns into a dragon and, like, beats Uma. Or I guess, like, they kind of come to a draw. But Because Ben- And the whole thing is, like, yeah, Ben talks them down. He leaps into the water and treads water. And it's like, no fighting. You need to respect each other. You need to have respect and, like, communicate with each other. I'm like, shut up. And then afterward, and Mal turns back into a human. She's like, I didn't know I could do that. And Evie's like, me neither. But then it's fun because when she turns back into a dragon, she's in, like, a purple dress. It's very much her. It's on fire a little bit. Yes, her hair is curled. Yeah. Very, like, Katniss Everdeen. Yes, yes. On fire. When Carlos and Jay go back to the island to get the wand, um, mm-hmm. Doug finds them and he's like, where is Evie? They're like, she's camping. And he's like, really? She's camping? He, they're like, nowhere to plug in her hair straightener. Yeah. And then she gets back and he's like, I have two Boy Scouting badges and I own a tent. How could you go camping without me? She's like, excuse me? She, yeah. He's like, are you seeing something? Are you cheating on me? She's like, no, of course not. And she explains the whole situation. He's like, oh, all right. She's like, also, I don't want to go camping. I also think she's. he specifically asks her, he's like, is it is it happy, son? Because let me tell you, he's not as happy as he seems. Yes. Yeah, he goes, actually, a bit of a dark streak there. I was going to say, I wish we had seen him. Like, imagine, like, happy son is, like, a little DJ. bit, like, a scene kid. <gasps> I would, I'll have to go back DJ and look. I was going to say. Imagine if he's like a bit of an emo kid. That would be so funny. Yeah. Oh, the best part of the movie. This is the last comment I have to make. Okay. The person doing the announcing at Cotillion, making the introductions, yeah. is Lumiere. Yeah. Is Lumiere. He's hilarious. And when... He says, you go, girl. Yes. He says, work it, girl. I almost peed my pants. When is that when Mal comes out in the first outfit or the second one? I think maybe both, but definitely the first one. He definitely gives like some words of words encouragement. of encouragement. Yep, it was hilarious. It was hilarious. Mm-hmm. And then like- he's the one who un- unveils the the stained glass. Yes, yeah, it was great. I loved it. That's all I have to say. I have no more notes. Yeah. It- yeah, it was it was a great movie. Um, I guess we should, since we're basically done talking about it, do you want to get into our review, our ranking out of five stars? Yep. Um, I last week I think we both gave 
Descendants won a 4.25. I would go so far as to give this a 4.5. Really? Yes, I liked this more than the first one. I was going to keep my rating the same. I was going to keep it the same. Okay. 4.25. Yeah, I liked it just as much. I think there were some parts of the first one that I was missing, but there were new parts in the second one that made up for it. So. Well, just wait until we watch the third one next week, because that one is like. A lot. Even more. I'm yeah. so excited. New characters. Great songs. Yeah. Um, I don't know. But yeah, so no next spoilers week, yet. Next week we will be watching Descendants 3. Um, I haven't mm-hmm. watched that one. So I'll probably watch it again tonight. <laughs> Great. Um, but yeah, thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, please do so and feel free to share those with friends and family and whoever you think will like them. Follow us on mm-hmm. Instagram at slumberparty.pod. Um, and all the rest of our contact information can be found there or on the Anchor website. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds great. This has been the podcast that the world was waiting for. Yes. Thank you so much. Copy and paste. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much. Copy and paste. Uh, bye. This has been the Slumber Party Pod, a deep dive into DCOMs. This episode was edited by Lizzie and collectively conceived of as a post-grad crisis by Lizzie and Hannah. This podcast has been distributed by Anchor, and we hope you'll join us again next week for our final installment of our Descendants series. I don't know. Is there such thing as a pirate that's too sexy?